The following episode was recorded live on location at the KC Cattle Company. What a great opportunity to see the behind the scenes of how this successful company operates. From being a veteran to having his own business recognized in Food and Wine magazine, Pat Montgomery shares his journey of how finding his passion and turning it into his business. We all experience bumps along the way, and Pat shares his and how he was able to turn it all around when his hot dogs that taste like steak was in a major publication. Stay tuned for his incredible story. You won't want to miss it. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast, and today my guest is Pat Montgomery. Welcome to the show, Pat. Thanks for having me on, Shay. I appreciate it. So, gosh, we just met and talked for the first time, like, what, uh, a few weeks ago? Yep. And now I'm here in the amazing KC Cattle Company building. That's right. The one and only. The one and only. Awesome. And uh, I'm so excited that you've allowed me to come in person and do this. So thank you for having me. It's a weird year that you have to clarify if you're doing things in person or via virtual. So Right. <laughs> right. Welcome to 2020, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Pat Montgomery is the CEO and founder of the KC Cattle Company. They provide the highest quality Wagyu beef via mail order to consumers in all 50 states. His company is 100% veteran-owned and operated. He began his career in the Army in the 75th Ranger Regiment. While serving as a Ranger, Pat completed two combat deployments to Afghanistan. He founded the KC Cattle Company with the mindset of bridging the gap between agriculture and the end consumer. So, so much to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And I always like to start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Yeah, so I think, you know, that's kind of a mindset we've had since I started this company. Um, at that point, it was just me and I was transitioning out of the military, which is, you know, for anybody that's done it is a difficult task in itself, right? And, you know, I kind of found this therapy of being a business owner and going through the struggles of owning a business was a new mission to kind of fill the void that was um, missing after I got out. And then when we started hiring people, it just made sense to bring on other veterans and kind of instill that same type of mindset of, hey, here's your new mission. Let's let's build this thing together. And so investing in people to me is, you know, I might be a business owner and we are for profit. Um but it's taking care of people, the community and the people that we employ and our customers and everything we do kind of uh, embodies that mindset. Well, and you do such a great job. I mean, I'm, I'm just so impressed with how all of your employees are veterans. Yes. Yes. It's, it's kind of a, you know, it's funny because people are like, that's so awesome. And you know, it's so great that you're doing that. But at the same time, it's awesome for the company, right? Like everybody comes out of a like site, like uh, mindset mm-hmm. and they come here and they all understand the culture and they just jump in head first. And so we also benefit from it greatly. And so there's kind of a symbiotic relationship there. So Nice. And are you 
always hiring or are you looking for people or are you kind of like run them through, um, you know, your training program or what did you do for? So everybody, everybody that are full-time employees here all started out as part-time. So everybody has started out packing orders and, and doing the things that I, I did when I was uh, the sole employee of Casey Cattle Company. Um, as far as full-time staff, we're at capacity for the year. Uh, I think we'll probably bring on a couple more positions in 2021. Um, as far as part-time staff, that's kind of what we're looking for right now. We're heading headlong into our busy season for the holidays. And so just really trying to um, make sure we have full staff for um, Christmas because it's going to be a little crazy around here. So, Yeah, I bet. So what is your busy season? Is it the holidays? Yeah, so the holidays kind of we have a... The seasonality, so January, February, March, it's slow. People are trying to pay off the credit cards from Christmas and nobody has any money, just like myself. And then uh, we go into grilling season. Things start to pick up in, in the April, May time frame. It stays busy through the summer, and then we just get absolutely slammed in uh, October, November, December. Gotcha. So, Pat, take us back and tell us why Wagyu beef. Yeah, um, so I had another buddy from Ranger Regiment uh, who got out. We actually met when we were palm bearers for my brother-in-law when he was killed overseas. And uh, he was just getting out as I was coming to 1st Ranger Battalion. And he started up a similar ranch in Austin, Texas that focuses on restaurants in that area. Uh, He's got a pretty top-notch operation. And, um, you know, when he was telling me about Wagyu, I had just started my animal science program uh, at Mizzou. And uh, it just made sense in my mind for our business model because we were going to the direct-to-consumer, right? there's so many options out there when the consumer goes to the grocery store and then when they get online, they want to do mail order beef. Um, there's just so many different things. Uh, but what I found is when you try a lot of those things, it's like, man, that was three times the amount of money of what I would have paid at the grocery store. How do I eliminate that? How do customers actually tell a palatable difference in our product? And Wagyu does that. Um, for those that don't know, Wagyu basically have two mutations that, uh, one allow for about three to six times the amount of intramuscular fat, which is marbling the stuff you want to see in your steaks. And then two, the melting temperature of that fat is about 20 degrees lower. So it's a much more buttery umami flavor when you consume the product. Nice. Nice. And you had mentioned about animal sciences a little bit ago. So and I know the story, but I want our listeners to hear the story because I feel like that's the thing that that was probably your defining moment. So kind of take us back to that defining moment of what switched you from animal sciences to now creating this amazing company with all this awesome beef and just the help with the veterans and everything that you do. Yeah. So I initially got out of the military. Um, you know, I kind of was at this crux where I was facing reenlistment or getting out. My wife, girlfriend at the time was like, well, let's see what your options are in the civilian world. Like, what are you passionate about? I was like, I don't know. I just thought I was going to, you know, hunt down bad guys for the rest of my life. And so I kind of had to do some soul searching and figure out where my interests lie. And I definitely didn't think I was capable of sitting at a desk all day. That was like my idea of, of hell. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she, she brought up veterinary medicine and uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to shadow on post at a clinic uh, for my last six months I was in. And I loved it. And so that's what I went back to school for. Um, but I fell in love with the large animal side Mm. and there's just not a lot of money in the large animal medicine side. Uh, you do an you know, you're essentially paying about $150,000 for vet school 
and then you come out not making nearly enough to make that pencil. So sure. being a little bit older is kind of like, you know, I, even though I love this, it, it, it's also it needs to be able to pencil. So, um, I was doing a minor in entrepreneurship hmm. and one of my professors there had an impact on me of, you know, kind of being able to show me that I did have this, this talent for business. And, and, you know, I feel like my strongest point is marketing. That's what I really enjoy. And so, you know, Casey Cattle Company was kind of the brain baby of those two passions. Nice. I, I, I love that. You know, you took things that you were passionate about and you created a, a whole new, a whole new world. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the soul searching. What things did you do? What did you think about? Yeah. Um, it's a funny story. So, uh, when I decided I wasn't going to become a veterinarian, I was like, well, I guess my next step is finding a job when I graduate in six months. And so I started to explore different corporate America jobs and I actually took an interview, um, for a security consulting position, uh, in Kansas city here. And you know, it went really well. I really liked the company and, um, I, there's definitely some synergy between, you know, the interviewer and myself. And so at the end of the interview, he was like, well, what are your questions for me? And I was like, well, what, what do you sp- say you spend the majority's majority of your day doing? And, uh, his response was convincing corporate we're worth the money <laughs> they pay us. And I was like, well, okay. And I just remember driving back to Columbia. This, this interview was in Kansas city and we lived in Columbia at the time and driving back and I was like, man, I'm selling out for a paycheck and you know, I'm going to be miserable doing this job. And I came home and I was talking to my wife and I was just like, what am I going to do? And, um, you know, I'm not sure like, there's not like this pristine moment in my mind where I was like, that's it. We're going to start a company and here's what it's going to look like. And yada, yada, yada. Um, I decided I was going to start a company and then, you know, I had, these dry erase boards that I just had packed full of ideas of like different companies to start. Mm. And, uh, what were some of them? Do you remember? Yeah. So brewery, I thought about that myself and millions of others in this country. Right. right? Um, and the, the barrier to entry for that is pretty extreme, especially not having any business experience. Um, and uh, there was another good one. Anyways, it doesn't matter. The, the food was what, you know, I was like, man, there's not really anybody doing Wagyu in Kansas city yet. Uh, it's kind of a new thing, but it really seems like there's a lot of upside to it. And so it started doing my due diligence and um, putting together the business plan in my last few months. Uh, it's kind of when I hit the ground running. And Last few months of school? Last few months of school. Wow. Yeah, so I started, you know, I took advantage of the university because yeah. I was right there in their backyard with the animal science and the business schools that are at Mizzou. And so, you know, I started to have these conversations with their professors about, you know, how do I do this and what's the best way and how do I get funding? And, you know, this seems really expensive. How do I do it for way cheaper? Yeah. And so, you know, I really kind of utilized the assets that were at hand to, um, set myself up for success, you know, hitting the ground running. So nice. Yeah. Nice. And out of that, that's when Casey cattle company was born. Yeah. Yeah. So graduated in December and, uh, we moved out here to this property in this July of 2017. We were back in Kansas City at a rental for about six months, and that was that was pretty terrible for me because uh, you know my wife's working full time, and I was like, man, how? What do I do? <laughs> you know, I had all this free time, and it's right. like I hadn't had that since I was 18 years old. So I'm pretty sure my wife was about ready to kick me out of the house. Was you know down there just twiddling my fingers while she's busting her butt, you know, paying the bills. So. Um, but we got moved out here in 
uh, definitely hasn't been easy the last three years, but you know, looking back on it, it's been a lot of fun. I think it's good that you're naive when you start a company yes. or else nobody would ever do it. Like right. knowing the challenges you're going to face. So, yeah. And what do you want to share? Would you be willing to share some of those challenges? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'd say the biggest one is just figuring out how to make money. Right. Mm. Um, we lost a little bit of money in 2017. We only, that was our first six months of sales. Um, we lost a lot of money in 2018 <laughs> and we broke even in 2019. So our biggest thing was figuring out what's our model. Right. Mm-hmm. And at first it was selling some to consumers and then focusing on restaurants and trying to get those, those big purchase orders. And, uh, we really got our butts handed to us trying to do that. And so it would have been September of 2018 um, I sat down with some of the people that advised me and I just told them, here's the issues we're having. How do I fix this? And, uh, you know, our solution was getting rid of all the restaurants and focusing exclusively on the consumers. And so we hired a PR firm that same month to just really blast our name out there to, um, bang consumer. And within three months, September, October, November, we got New York Times, Forbes, and the Today Show is the big one. Wow. And that was kind of the start to putting us on the on the radar for consumers. Um, and so fast forward to 2018 or 2019, the beginning of 2019, and uh, it was still struggling, right? We'd have these ebbs and flows in business, and it was like, this is not sustainable. And I was just over there pulling my hair out, figuring out if we are going to be able to keep the doors open. And then we had the, what we like to call the hot dog extravaganza on August 1st. <laughs> I love that you have the date for this. Yes. This is awesome. Well, I mean, so please explain to, uh, to our listeners what that is. Sure. So we rolled out a hot dog that spring um, and kind of backtracking a little bit about our business model. You know, we're not a company that buys what you call box beef from like distributors. We're actually buying animals on the hoof and figuring out how to take them from that live animal to a finished product. And so one of the issues you run into is there's about a five to one ratio for trim, which is your ground beef and all the excess that you can't use for, you know, your roasts and your steaks and things like that. And so steaks sell in a one, you need steaks to sell in a one to five ratio to be able to make that pencil, but they don't, they sell in a one to one or one to two ratio. And uh, so, you know, we had this huge problem of we were always just, you know, sitting on a colossal amount of ground beef and it was killing us because all of our cash would be tied up in the freezer. And so we rolled out a hot dog, uh, all beef, Wagyu, naturally cured, caseless hot dog, right? Oh, it's caseless? Caseless. And it's good. It was really good. Um, But we, it was our worst seller Mm. (laughs) when we rolled it out that April. And we were sending it to these publications all over, all around the country. And, you know, they'd write articles talking about how good it was, but it just never caught any traction. And so rolling into August 1st, we'd send a pack to Food and Wine magazine out on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And they're a smaller publication. We didn't really expect a whole lot out of it. Normally when we get those, maybe there's a little sales bump and then it falls right back off. We didn't hear anything from them. So we just chalked it up as they didn't like them. It happens all the time. You're not going to please everybody's palate, right? Right. And uh, it was a Thursday, August 1st, like I said. And, you know, I was at a neighbor's property helping them out with some some, uh, pigs. And all of a sudden my phone started blowing blowing up, like order after order after order, which pretty weird for a Thursday. Right. And, uh, and are you the only employee at the time? So we had one part-time employee. It's myself, one part-time employee and my wife. 
And uh, so there's it's about a 15-minute drive from our neighbor's property back to here. And so on that drive, I called the PR firm. And I'm like, did something happen? Like, we have a ton of people on the website. We're seeing a ton of traction right now. She's like, I don't think so. Like, I don't know what's going on. So she's like, let me call you back. My wife calls and she's like, what is going on on the website right now? It's blowing up. And so by the time we get back, um, I sit down at my computer up at the house and um, I click refresh on our website and we have this this page that shows the whole United States and where people are visiting the website from. Normally at this point, there was at any given time, maybe five or six people on the website. Click the refresh button and there's 30,000 people on the website. Wow. And so... I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And we'd never seen anything like this. The Today Show, nothing, nothing, nothing compared. And so essentially what happened was, you know, Food and Wine had wrote this article and it had a very clickbait-ish uh, title. It, was, it said, uh, we found a hot dog that tastes like steak. Mm. And they basically compared us to a lot of our competitors and said we had the best hot dog in the world. Nice. And so it was the number one article on Apple News, Yahoo, MSNBC, and CNBC. And uh, we had half a million people visit the website in 24 hours, and we had a million people visit the website in 48 hours. Wow. And so we had sold 100 packs of hot dogs since we launched them in April, and overnight we sold like 7,500 packs. Wow. And so it was really cool, but at the same time, you know, death by success is a very real thing for small businesses. And so I'm also in the back of my mind like, holy crap, are we going to make it through this? Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, I'd, I'd say that's one of the lessons you pull out from the military is just, you know, you're, adapt. yeah, adapt, yeah. adapt and overcome, you know, your best, your best plan in the world goes out the door when, when the first bullet goes over your head. So that's what we did. We started hiring folks. We called our suppliers. We called other people to figure out where we're going to make up the deficit of trim, which was ironic because we literally gave it away to homeless shelters that, that January before. Wow. So it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I'd say the biggest thing we got out of that was our email list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we went from a thousand subscribers to roughly 20,000, uh, overnight essentially. Wow. And so, um, that was kind of how our customer base was established. And so we had all these plans for, you know, steady and more sustainable growth in 2020 and COVID-19 had different plans about that. So it's been running and gunning. We were set up by accident for social distancing, um, so we're very blessed and we've been fortunate and, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. Yeah. So. Well, and what, what an amazing story. And I have to say, having had some of the hot dogs, they definitely taste like steak. I can, <laughs> I can agree to that. I'm not a hot dog fan, so they are wonderful. You have to cook them like steak too. You, you can't cook overcook them. On the grill. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Very yeah. good. Yeah. You can't boil them. Yeah. Gross. No. No. <laughs> Definitely not. No, not, 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 that's why I'm not a hot dog fan because of that reason. Because <laughs> of that reason. So what, I, I just want to tap, you just mentioned so many different things and, and yet I'm, I'm just kind of curious of what you were like as a kid and what made you decide to like one, go in the army and two, why animal science in the first place? Yeah. Um, growing up, I hated school. Uh, like I said, I, you know, I have, I have a hard time sitting behind a desk all day as a CEO of a company, right? Um, it was even worse when I was a child. Uh, I couldn't stand being, you know, locked up at a desk all day. So I was a bit of a rebel, a um, bit of a troublemaker. And uh, I was that way throughout high school. I was fortunate enough that um, I didn't have to study a lot and I still got okay grades. 
Um, so I got a scholarship for ROTC to go to the University of uh, or Northwest Missouri State University. Mm-hmm. Did that for a year. Um, and you asked about my inspiration for the military. That's something I wanted to do since I was old enough to walk. I mean, uh, when I was four or five years old, that's what I'd tell my parents I was going to do is join the military. Yeah. Um, I thought I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. And I had a brother-in-law. Uh, they got married when I was a freshman in high school. Um, this would have been my youngest sister, so they're about five years older than I was. And uh, I don't have any brothers personally, so um, he was the closest thing. I actually had a brother. And he kind of steered me away from the Navy SEAL route. He was like, well, you you know, actually go work for a living. That's a that's a plug in Navy SEALs because we, we like to jab at each other every once in a while. Of course. Um, so... I did that my freshman year. I dropped out of college and I enlisted with a ranger contract. And, you know, I got good grades in college too, but my big thing was, you know, this can wait. You know, this, there's, there's people dying for our country and, you know, this is what I need to do right now. Yeah. And so I did that and I loved what I did. Um, but I was ready to get out after those four years. You know, um, kind of mentioned it briefly there, but Jeremy, my, my brother-in-law got killed on my first deployment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that six months after we lost another five guys uh, from Ranger Regiment, three I, I graduated RASP with and the other two were from my unit. And uh, by that point, I was just ready to try something else. So it was probably the best thing I ever did was getting out. Um, you know, sometimes I miss it, though. So, sure. But, yes, why animal science? The biggest thing was, you know, I loved animals. And mm-hmm. at that point, coming fresh out of the military, I wasn't sure I'd do with people right, right. and so yeah, I thought animals was easier sure. and uh, it's kind of therapy in itself dealing with the large animal side um, so yeah awesome great story and you I love that you are a rebel and a troublemaker because that's why we're kindred spirits yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, I was the same um, although I didn't go the, the military route I probably would have been even worse there <laughs> <laughs> so um, but but what's so funny about it is I went uh, cosmetology which is kind of now that I'm in this space it's kind of uh, similar yeah. to the military which is weird um, so as a leader, not only in as a, a, in the military, but also as a CEO of a major corporation, what do you think really sets you apart from being a leader from someone else? It's a tough question. Um, you know, I, so I'm going to backtrack here and tell a story because I like telling stories. But um, Great. I, I told, you know, I read and listened and I consumed a ton of content when I decided I want to be a business owner, right? Because yeah. I was like, what do successful business owners do? So, you know, the biggest thing you did in the military to learn that was you just emulate them, right? So I read all these books about Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and uh, Steve Jobs and, you know, going back further, Carnegie and yeah. Rockefeller yeah. and all these different stories. And then I just listened to podcast after podcast after podcast and, you know, I had this epiphany and it was that these successful business owners, there's no one thing that sets them apart. They put their pants on one leg at a time, just like I do. Right. And, you know, I think the thing that sets them apart is that they're willing to try and yes. take that risk. And, you know, I was young and dumb. And like I said, you know, before, if I would have known what I know now, I probably wouldn't have done it. But I'm glad I didn't because, you know, I'm 
I get asked that question fairly frequently. It's like, how do you create a company like this? It's like, you just try. You might fail and you have to be completely, you know, knowledgeable about that fact that not everybody makes it, you know, one out of 10 small businesses uh, make it to their third year. Right. And, um, but if you just have that mentality of, Hey, I'm not going to quit even when the, the going gets tough and I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, you'd be surprised what you, you can do. And in the same, same mindset, you know, um, it teaches you a lot about yourself that you're capable of a lot more than what you give yourself credit for. So, uh, absolutely. I think that's another reason why we're friends is yeah. because <laughs> I think you have to have that willingness to try yeah. and see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, you go, okay, what did work from it? And let's try something else. What's the, what's the guy from, uh, Colonel Sanders. What's that? I can't remember that. I'm going to sound stupid right now because I can't remember the actual guy's name, but he started his first. Uh, isn't that his real name? Girl Sanders? <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't start his first uh, franchise until he was like 70 something years 74. old. 74. Yeah. And he, had, 76, yeah. And he had failed uh, convenience stores before that, but he just kept trying. It's like, you, know, you, you hear stories like that and you're like, you, know, you just got to take the risk and eventually you're going to find what your niche is. And you know, a lot of what I'm experiencing now is, you know, I would consider luck, but there's also the fact that I was throwing just a ton of darts at the board, knowing that eventually one of them would stick. And for us, that turned out to be a viral article, but for somebody else, it could be something completely different. And so, um, you know, that's the biggest advice I give people is just try, you know, believe in yourself while you're doing it. Cause if you don't, uh, it's not going to work. Mm. So I'd say, you know, nine out of probably the other nine of the 10 businesses that fail, they just didn't believe enough in themselves to keep trying and, and adapt to your circumstances. So, right. Which right. 2020 is teaching everybody. Right everybody. Now, so. to adapt. Right. Right. And you know, I just speaking of that, I read something this year about Colonel Sanders, actually that he in his like fifties was about to commit suicide. Yeah. And to think we wouldn't have KFC, right? right? Like if he had done that, we wouldn't have that. So thinking about that was there to me, that's when fear shows up. Right. And you're, you're plugging away and you're like, Oh my God, this is a fail failure. And then you go, I'm a failure. This has got to end. Right. Yeah. So did you experience any kind of fear while you were going through this? And that's when you were like, you know what? I still have to keep stepping on my comfort zone and taking that risk. For sure. Um, one, one point in particular, um, February of 2018, I found out my wife was pregnant with my first kid mm. and I was like, Oh crap. You know, cause I wasn't <laughs> right. Cause you know, we were super excited. Okay. So that's the fear. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So we're, you know, it, it was, uh, we we're both extremely excited. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I had made this promise to her that, like, you're the sugar mama, get me through school and, you know, work a year, maybe two after, um, after I get done while I'm starting this company and then like, I'll take over and, and you can, cause she's always wanted to be a stay at home mom. So I was like, I'm going to make that reality come true. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not even paying myself a salary. Right. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, we're losing money into her fist. And, you know, I remember I sat down with her and then also one of my best friends that was working out here at the time. And I was like, we got nine months, we got nine months to get this company into a sustainable place or shutting the doors and I'm gonna go get a big boy job. And, uh, almost to the day the today show happened the week he was born. Right. Mm. And I feel like that was kind of my sign. Like, you're on the right path. Just keep pushing. Yeah. And so we did. Um, 
um, was almost another year after that that we had the hot dog thing happen and really kind of get some stability to the company. But uh, that was the point where I was like, you know, I've got two mouths to feed and I also have to keep my word that, you know, she, she's doing this for me and she, you know, she was doing a job that um, didn't fulfill her. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, how do we make that happen? So she just quit in June and she's, awesome. although she's not a complete stay at home mom, we can't afford that, but she's running our marketing, which I also wouldn't be able to afford her if she wasn't my wife. So, <laughs> so right. Oh, that's what a great story. And I love how you, talked about well yeah my wife found out my wife trained so yeah that's kind of scared me that kind of kicked me into gear right? yeah that, that was it you know the, it's amazing what kids will do for you just to kind of give you that motivation to what kind of example do you want to set for them you know right so, absolutely yeah here we are <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of them what advice would you give them as uh you know someone to like find their purpose what advice would you give your sons you know i would I would say not to go into any one mold and to take the time to discover who you actually are. Um, you know, I've got this mindset because uh, I took this non-traditional path, right? I dropped mm-hmm. out of college. I went back when I was 25, finished my undergrad, then went back and got my MBA after that. And it's like when I went to school the first time, I was going for psychology. Mm-hmm. And if you knew anything about me, that's not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> I am not that kind of person. You know, I don't do well in that, that type of headspace. And, um, but you don't know who you are at 18, right? right. Uh, you have no idea. You have no life experience. You just graduated high school. Um, it's like, even if you think you want to be a doctor cause the paycheck's good or whatever your motivation is, it's like, you don't even know what that actually is like. Right. Um, what do they say for, for males, especially we don't fully mature until 25 or our mm-hmm. frontal lobes. And so, um, you know, kind of taking the non-traditional path I did, I feel fortunate because it's like I probably would have done something stupid that I'd be sitting here not having this conversation with you right now and be sitting behind a desk or doing a job I really didn't care about. And so that would be my biggest advice to the boys is just to try and to, you know, kind of take the path less traveled, even though it might be more difficult. So oh, I love that. So for me, I use the, uh, the term curious exploration because I think we're not taught in school. We're not taught that, right. We're taught to like pick a field, do that field and then go to college for it. And you're going to be fine. Right. And I think there's so much, especially for us rebel troublemakers <laughs> is that you kind of like, you're like trying to figure out what your way is. Right? right. And unless you try different things, I mean, I went to college for computer science ended up a hairstylist, yeah. <laughs> now a coach and a speaker and everything else. But it is like, I had to get that, path out of the way first right. to try to see if that's something I should do. Right. Yeah. No, I, t- I totally agree. It's like, I think they're doing a better job at it now. Like schools. Yes. Like, you know, my sister, uh, the one that lost her husband, mm-hmm. she was a nurse at the time. She moved back to Kansas city and she went back, got her master's in education. And now she runs a program here in Kansas city that basically takes high school kids and, teaches them what it would actually, they go and shadow doctors, right? right? So if you wanted to be a veterinarian or you wanted to be a doctor or a nurse, it's like you get hands-on experience in a hospital. It's like, that's what kids need, right? Because 
you know, they might see that the, a doctor makes 150,000 a year, 200,000 a year, whatever it may be. And, but then they go and watch a surgery and they're like, no, this isn't for me. Right. (laughs) And then they pass out and they're like, okay, that just saved them a lot of money and and heartache, you know, going to school. Right. And so, you know, there's a couple of things out of that, you know, this class 2020, the kids that are taking a gap year, I'm all for it. Not to play call of duty or Xbox or something like that. But, um, you know, I think the biggest thing about the military is you go see crappy countries, right? Yes. You go see people that are not nearly as fortunate as we are here in America. And then you come back to America and you're like, man, I got to make this country best as I possibly can. Right. And that is my mission, right? It's like, come back, bestow the values that you learned uh, into your company's culture or whatever you're doing. It's like, you still have a mission and it's to make this country as good as your parents left it to you, if not better. Right. And, um, uh, it really makes me sad. Some of the stuff we're seeing this year, because it's like, this is not what our country was founded on. Right. Uh, on both sides. And, um, you know, I, I think there's, I'm not getting into the politics or anything like that, but I just think, um, people need to be able to agree to disagree. Right. It's a free country and you can think one way or the other, but to hate the other person for thinking that way is not, not, not what we were founded on. And so, Anyways, I kind of went off on a tangent no, there, but that's perfect. I'm so glad you said that because it's so true. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know we <laughs> we went somewhere dark for some reason, and it's like okay, but there's so many people like you and like that your employees and and so many that I, I talk to on a daily basis who fought for our country to get along, right? Not to to tear each other apart, right? Well, it's like you know we. Um, put up a post last week about the NFL mm-hmm. and we had a bunch of people, you know, tear us apart about it, about how we should boycott American. It's like, I'm all for them kneeling when they take, you know, during the national anthem, it's a form of protest. And although I might not agree with it, it's something I would never do. It's like, you fought for that, right? It's like, this isn't a communist country or a dictatorship. Like people have the choice to be able to do those things. And although I don't like it, it's like, I'm proud that they have the capability to do that without being persecuted. Right. So, I don't know. Well, and I think that's so true what you said earlier about getting to see different countries. We take, when you grow up in a bubble... Right, and you only know your five mile radius or Which your fifteen exactly mile radius. Even America in general is a bubble. But. Yeah, but especially the Midwest, right. right? And you only see that you have no idea what's outside of that. You have no idea that there's starving children. They have no idea that you get to get to go to school every day, right? Or or have shoes, or you know, have clean drinking water. You know, all these things that other countries have to deal with. Right. So, wow! Thank you for everything you've done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, best job I ever had. So awesome. So, what's next for you? What's next for KC Cattle Company? Um, you know, I I keep getting asked that question. It's like I feel like most business owners have like this really intelligent, like here's my goal for the next five to ten years, and we had those goals, you know, financially and everything else. Um, but I enjoy what I'm doing right now. I don't know if I want to sell the company somewhere down the road, or you have to, you know, pass it down to our kids. Um, you know, if they're not veterans, they might not be eligible. Oh, so, there you go. Sure. Um, but I just want to keep growing. Um, yeah. I want to hire more veterans. Uh, I love what I'm doing right now. When I don't, it's like, all right, let's reevaluate. I started this company to have a job that I love. If I don't love it anymore, you know, we'll figure it out from there. Um, big goals. You know, we need to get moved down to the city for our order fulfillment. Um, 
that's proving to be a more audacious task than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm just looking forward to next year finally being able to spread our wings and fly. You know, before there were financial constraints because we didn't have a viable business model. Now we're growing like crazy, but we have operational constraints with our current setup. So it's like when we have a new building, plus, you know, we, we finally have some banks that are willing to work with us. It's like we can finally spread our wings and fly a little bit next year. So mm. be a lot of fun. Nice, nice, nice. And I asked that question because most people don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, most people don't know the answer to that, but yet they think that everyone needs to know the answer to that. And for me personally, I realize goals they can come and go yeah. if you're, it's whether you're attached to them or not. Yeah. Right. I think a goal is great and they are wonderful and everyone should have them. But then there's that letting go of, well, if it happens, great. And if something else happens, great. <laughs> 2020 is a perfect example. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect example. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. So how can people work with you or work with you? How can people connect with you? Yeah. Um, social media, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Casey cattle company. Um, you know, you can also, I feel like podcast specifically, there's a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs like me that are just absorbing all the content that all the content they can right now. And so feel free to reach out to questions. I respond to them personally all the time. So that's contact us at caseycattlecompany.com. Um, and those are probably the best ways. Uh, like I said, we love helping people out. So feel free to reach out to us. Especially if you're a veteran and you need Especially if to you're work too. Yeah, yep. definitely. Yep. And to order the uh, famous steak flavored <laughs> hot dogs or steak, how would you describe it? It's not steak flavored. Um, hot dogs that taste like steak. Hot dogs that taste like steak. Gotcha. Yeah. How do you order Although those? we got to be careful saying that because we had a lot of customers after that. They're like, these hot dogs don't taste like steak. I'm like, well, I think it's more metaphorical than anything. Right, right, right. Um, They're gourmet hot dogs. Gourmet hot yeah, dogs. That's go. it. Um, just go to caseycattlecompany.com. Uh, we have a local delivery service that runs in KC to 74 zip codes. And then we do mail order all 50 states. Nice. And, um, one last question that I always like to leave with. And just before we go, I really want to thank you so much for your time and letting me come up here and give it to get a tour. And, you know, I'm definitely excited for what you've got in the future and I will be in touch in any way I can. So Jay, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time coming up here. Yeah. And so I always leave with this question is what phrase scripture or mantra are you living by right now? Man. All right, so I just read this one in Shoe Dog, and it's cowards never start and the weak die along the way. It's a Phil Knight quote from the founder of Nike. And, you know, just with all the challenges that 2020 is presenting, you know, the, the old ranger in me loves being challenged like that, being like, hey, man, are you wimping out right now? So that quote really stuck with me. So it's been kind of my mantra the last couple of weeks here. So, Well, and you are a perfect example of what courage looks like. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. 
We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com. 